0: Hey, hey, race fans, and welcome to Season 2020, Episode 31 of the Piscina Report. This is the podcast that gets past the hype and gets straight down to let you know what's really going on in the MotoGP paddock. Well, Episode 31, we thought it was never going to happen but we've finally got a new world champion. It's mere time. The meerkat's done it. He did just enough to get over the line, and what a performance. What a performance. An absolutely amazing weekend of racing we had last weekend. <laughs> Moto2 is even going down to the wire as well. It's been absolutely fantastic. So, Andrew, you've finally gotten to see a world championship race in MotoGP. How does it feel?
1: Uh, mate, do you know what? I was just Googling what rider is number oh, 31. Number 31. <laughs>
0: He's
1: number 31. Uh, harada, Harada. Ah, that's why I couldn't understand what it said (laughs) 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 no do you know what it was uh it was Manuel and I were just quickly talking about the race while you were dicking around looking for your headphones (laughs) (laughs) and um like the race wasn't that exciting but that last lap was bloody intense so we'll talk about that um I learned something this weekend I learned that that the riders suits go poof two times as I asked Matt, <laughs> hey, that was a big deal I'm not going me. there. Because okay. I was like, just sitting I was like, okay, so they fall off and their airbags go off. Sometimes yeah. they get back on the bike and First. and you see them walking because their things are going off. And yeah. Manuel explained that the air goes out, but it does have another puff in it. Oh, there you go.
0: Yes, it, 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 has, it has two
1: goes in it,
2: does it? Yeah. Yes, twice. They exploded twice because, uh, yes, that was the problem that, If they went back to the bike, so the system was improved. Mm -hmm. So after the second, it looks like the rider has, okay, enough. Go home. (laughs)
1: Yeah, And that's (laughs) it. They're not protected, are they? See, did I teach you something, Stuart?
0: That's fantastic. You did indeed. I didn't actually know that.
1: You're very welcome. I also learned something else last night. Where babies come
0: from.
1: No, <laughs> maybe I should have tried that. Actually. I learned not to take cold and flu tablets before you go to bed because it all night.
0: stops your sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'll do that. It'll do that. Shit. And boss, here we are. You've, uh yeah, you, you've spoken to the world champion. You were, you, you were, you were down there. I, uh, I, I take it.
2: Oh yes. Look, I have to say uh, in this difficult season, you know, it's, that we are not allowed to have a face-to-face with the riders because mm-hmm. they are in a kind of... Did you catch the runner but... off of
1: them? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, at the end, we were the safe ones and they <laughs> were the exactly. infected ones,
1: you know. <laughs>
2: but we had the chance to talk with uh, the managers and it was so funny. Look, the David de arrived in the press room. It was around, what, I could say 10 o'clock in the night. Mm-hmm. And he he was, let's say happy because he had had some uh specials (laughs) that day and it was was so funny how he explained things you know behind the scenes very 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 interesting we had a lot of fun
0: fantastic absolutely amazing so yeah let's let's kick off let's we've got to talk about Mia straight away. straight away that's the headline um tell me tell me boss what what do you think of that performance i think you did just enough on the weekend uh look the headline champion
2: Stu, the headline for me is so clear. The headline is, uh, let me put you a figure and you will understand it very well. The figure is the following You know how many laps Franco Morbidelli has leaded in the three Grand Prix held uh, so far? How many laps he has been in the lead? He
0: was in seven. Seven. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah.
2: Wow. Seven zero. You know yeah. how many laps? The new world championship has leaded? five Two. 11. Eleven.
1: I was closer <laughs>
2: <So> <laughs> 70 to 11. And another yeah. figure, he has been in the lead uh, 11 laps, exactly the same as Andrea Dovizioso.
1: Huh, wow, so he That's just sad. led in the right and laps, he, or
2: oh, exactly they were. it's the, the thing is to be the fast when it's needed or when it's worth something like this, you know, yeah. the important thing is to be fast when it's, uh, necessary. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what happened with, with me. Exactly. That's
0: exactly right. So, so talk to me, how has he done it then? He's, he's clearly consistent. He's clearly a talented rider, but there's a lot of talented riders out there. How has he done it?
2: Yes. Look, uh, I think that the success in, in, uh, in, motorsport, I would say, okay, Mm -hmm. in general, and also in MotoGP, of course, is basically based on three columns. Let's call it like this. You know, one is obviously the rider. Mm -hmm. A second column is the machine, the tool they use. And the third is the team. Mm -hmm. You know, it's super important. Mm -hmm. This is a combination that at the end takes uh, that the rider can win or not win. Okay, but he needs the other two columns to be firm. Mm. So I wonder, and now I ask you, how much do you think this is, uh, how do you say? Split.
0: How much influence?
2: Three. Yes, how much influence has had in Mir's uh, championship each of these columns?
0: I think it's a pretty even split. I'd, I'd say it's 33%, 33%, 33%. I think it's quite even. What about I the other we're... 1%? that's standard chocolate bars. Surely. <laughs> surely, everyone knows that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I think it's quite an even split. I think the actual, mm. the, the bike itself, and I was I was talking to some people about this earlier this week, the bike itself, the GSX-RR, has, has progressed so far this year. It's such an amazing all-round package. Um, and a lot of that is obviously because of the engineers, but because of the team as well. So I think it's a, it's a very even split. And uh, other... Other riders, like you know, your, maybe your Marquezes or your or your Rossies, they could potentially have, have manhandle a team and a and a bike through to win a championship, which is what we've what we've seen previously. But I think this one, I think I think it's a very even split between the three. What do you? But think, you can
1: Andrea? you can tell the team's just such a tight knit, supportive team. Like there was a race I can't remember when a couple of weeks back, and um joanne and joan must joan <laughs> me must have been up there and um david abrivio was like oh no like he's one, but he went to go see rins like you know that real conscious of looking after yeah. oh no that's right and he made a comment didn't he he said not to discount how well alex rins had ridden mm. or something like just yeah really conscious of making sure that they're both being supported regardless of who's winning or not
0: indeed I mean, well, you're gonna tell us we're full of crap
1: <laughs>
2: uh, no no no. I think I it it all starts with the team, I think. Okay, mm-hmm. in this part. did I I don't know if I have explained you on, on here in on on our podcast about David a. Brivio negotiating the future of the team when he started. Did I tell you the story?
0: We I think we did have a bit of a conversation about that. When we did the yeah, Manuel look, incidents and when I brought up David A. Brivio, I think we had a good conversation about it. But please yeah, simply, but tell us, to, tell us to again.
2: Make it, Yeah, to make it short, look, when he, one of the things he was negotiating with Suzuki in Japan was about uh, the overseas flight, Mm -hmm. right? So, Davide said that he wanted all the team travel in the same class than him.
1: Mm -hmm. That's right. Yep.
2: Okay. So, he said, look, uh, if you want me as the representative of Suzuki, uh, travel on business class, my people should travel on business class. If you think they don't worth it, I will travel with them in economy. Huh. Yeah. So he got that all the team travels in business. All yeah. the team is the cooker, the one who cleans the tire, everyone. So, this shows, so
1: good.
2: this shows, this uh, shows which kind of management he, he, he process, he does, you know. And he said to me, look, we are a family. And like in all families, there are problems, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. if you have a discussion with your brother, imagine us. We Many times we work, he called it, in a submarine mode, you know, like mm-hmm. all tied together, all with each other. So then he said, problems happen, but the things is, we have to put these problems on the table, discuss them, and probably they will not get solved, but at least it is spoken.
1: It's out there, there's no exactly. hidden, yeah.
2: And, yeah. and this is what uh, makes that team very strong. Another idea about uh, the absolute key factor that David de Bribio has been, I tell you, look, Joan Mir, when he wins the World Championship Moto3 in 2017, he mm-hmm. switches to Moto T. Moto2, right? And he was supposed to be one of the favorite riders that season. But internal problems in the team made that his results weren't under what the expectation. Who was he with then? Who did he ride for? Uh, Mark VDS. Okay. After having won the Moto3 championship, Honda signed a pre-contract with Joan Mir. He was 19 at the time. Yeah, Okay, switching from Moto3 to Moto2, he had already signed the contract. Mm-hmm. But as his results didn't come out as expected, Honda started to doubt if they would execute that pre-contract.
0: <laughs> right.
2: So what happened? Uh, David de Brivio detected the potential of Juan. Mm-hmm. And in Jerez of that year, he had a meeting with Joan. In Jerez, that was the fourth race of the season. Yeah. Joan had this option with Honda, but he sat on the table with Suzuki. And I have to say, Ducati also offered him a bike. Hmm. Wow. So the one who the ones who understand this knew perfectly what type of rider was growing, you know, mm-hmm. because they see things that we do not see. Okay. So they sat at the table. Obviously, it was Joan, his manager, and David de Brivio, And the way David de Brivio approached Juan, explaining him that they wanted him to grow with them, that he they wanted him to be a Suzuki rider, you know. Mm-hmm. And the way he approached after the meeting, Joan told to his manager, sign with the Suzuki. But Honda, signed with Suzuki. I have it very clear. <laughs> yep. So it was how he was approached. You know, the Suzuki approach was friendly, family. Respectful you know, by with, the sounds with, of it. I, I can <clears> imagine <throat> in Honda and you, Stu, you can also like, hey, you are lucky that we are looking to you, you know. Exactly. You, uh, we have the best yeah. bike, which they have. We have the most resources, which they have. We can bring you up but it was a different approach. And Juan, with 20, he realized, no, Suzuki, it's where
1: I'm going to be.
0: Indeed. And I can imagine Ducati would have had a similar approach as well. Oh, you're lucky that we're we're coming to you because we're so wonderful. as a young rider,
1: that would be so appealing. you would be like, but I can go ride for these big big teams. And Ducati
2: arrived after that meeting in Jerez. Mm -hmm. Ducati came with an offer and Juan said to his manager, no. We have given our word to Suzuki, and we stay in Suzuki. Fantastic. Interesting, that, eh?
0: That kind of approach—that's mm-hmm. really interesting. That kind of approach very much reminds me, like when you talk about the, the the familial attitude there in the Suzuki team, that stems right from the head, from you know, from David David E. all the way through the rest of the team. That reminds me very much of the Sepang Racing Team as well, with Razzoli and the and the kind of yeah. um, mentality that he's brought to that team as well. That's very much a family-oriented. you know we're all together in this. Which is why I have well. people
1: like John McPhee not going up because he can stay with Petronas in Moto Three? That, that's exactly okay, right.
2: Okay, okay. Now you, uh, Andra, you just put the finger in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> Did it hurt.
0: Which bit, John McPhee on Moto Three?
2: John, John, look this story. I'm probably. I don't know if I will return from. Portugal after explaining you this if i don't return you know why we know why <laughs> John had signed a contract with petronas to step up into moto 2 after mm-hmm. having a certain results at the middle of the season
1: yeah like this year
2: this was on the paper. Look, if you do, I don't remember. Third position here, you yeah. will be, up, be upgraded. And in the middle of the season, it seems that it was the case. So, automatically, it would uh, he would have the right to go up. But at a certain point, it was more advanced in the season. He said, look, uh, we cannot execute this because... BT Sport prefers to have Jake Jake Dixon. Uh, He said, uh, yes. He said, yes, but I have a contract and Petronas had already signed the two Moto2 riders. Mm -hmm. He said, yes, but we are sorry. So, this is how it is, you know, because I don't know if they told him, but I told you the profile of Jake is a much open guy, you know. For TV, is he's, yeah. he's much more usable, you know. Yeah. He's funny. He's open. While McPhee is, is shy, is morapi, and this and that. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's not from the region he should come from, you know. Whatever. But yeah. the thing is that uh, John goes out and looks for other alternatives, and which at this point, where everything was closed, so mm-hmm. he had to. Uh, continuing Moto3. That's why he continued there. Uh, and, right, and it's not because Petronas is a nice team. Petronas is a business team.
1: thought he'd got an offer to go to Moto2 in another team, but he chose not to. Like, not long yeah, ago. Yeah, probably
2: it was a team that wasn't uh, competitive, you know. Yeah. At the end, um, he, he basically was forced to stay where he is. That's fascinating. That's
0: absolutely amazing. That yeah, that's, that's so the much that back insight,
2: stages. Actually. That's the back stages. The yeah, that's stages, exactly you know? right. And
0: that's what we're here for. We're here to hear all, all those tidbits for sure. So. i tell you one more.
2: One more of this situation that, look, uh, Nakajima, Tetsu, Tetsucha, not Tetsuya. Uh-huh. Tetsu,
0: Tetsuta Nakajima. Tetsuta, well, yeah.
2: Tetsuta. He has been, uh, he has lost his right for next year. Because...
0: Because Remy's going to that team, isn't he? No,
2: no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. But he has no right because... They need a Japanese rider in Moto2, and oh, Ogura yeah. is going to step up.
0: Ooh. Oh, really?
2: And then, okay, we have already a Japanese. Yeah. Wow. So, so, you no know, there
0: getting, are- Not many people are getting actual uh, seats on merit. There's a, there's a lot of- oh, Is the it right always like this? For the, for the demographic.
2: Uh, passport are important in this championship.
0: Yeah.
2: To have the right passport. Mm. So, is one of the is one of the actives you have mm-hmm. in this championship
1: which makes sense, I think we've spoken about it before because you've got your sponsors, you've got the countries following you've got, there's too many things that...
2: you know you know Rodrigo the Moto3 rider mm. he is 100% Spanish he lives in Barcelona he was born in Barcelona, he grew up in Barcelona but he has an Argentinian passport, he is registered as An Argentinian Argentinian, rider,
0: yeah, for sure. I thought he was Argentinian.
2: And there is another rider in the Rookies Cup. I think one who is very at the top, leading or whatever. The same. He has double nationality, Colombian and Spanish, and he doesn't. He probably doesn't know Colombian flag how it looks like. He is. He he races as a Colombian rider, and this is how it works.
0: Wow crazy okay mm-hmm. we, we, we took a bit of a, a, a step sideways there let's, let's get yeah, yeah talking about yeah so we're talking about those three pillars so yeah we spoke very clearly about the team um so yeah the other those other two pillars what do you what do you think what kind of influence have they had this year the, the
2: well the the, the the bike is funny because uh, that night speaking with Brivio, he told us some things under the influence of his happiness. Happiness. <laughs> <laughs> like, like things like, hey, our mechanics, they make joke about, about our, our bike, because our bike is the simplest bike, the most simple bike of the grid. It's so basic. We don't have this um, system to push down the bike, you oh, know, and we have just introduced and... the starting system, which we introduced, but we really didn't need it. Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. And he said, and our, our mechanics say that it's funny because our bike looks like a street bike. It's so simple. So and good. and they say that it's also built, and Andra, this is very important, it's also built to make it easy to work on it, you know, because on a race bike, everything is so compact that if you don't think on the mechanics when you design the bike, mm. when they have to work on it in a very... Oh, yeah. um, stressing condition, it's very difficult, of which course. for example, happens with Ducati. The Suzuki mm-hmm. is a very easy working bike. And this is another characteristic. And there, I also spoke last weekend with Gintoli, who is the test rider, Suzuki's yes, test rider.
0: So bad, yeah.
2: You know how many case they did on testing last year?
0: 10,000,
2: 10,000 10, case, 10,000 oh, cases. And this, the consequence of this is what the bike they have yeah. this
0: year. Yeah, exactly. Easy. So
2: there are no mm-hmm. mystery, you know, there are no mystery in racing. Yep. So everything in racing is invented. They did 10,000 k's on the bike. They kept That's a lot of data. <laughs> you know, it's like the famous, make it simple. Make it simple is what yep. took mm-hmm. Suzuki to have the most balanced bike.
0: Perfect. So, are, so we, are we seeing a, 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 a fast forward into what we might see from KTM next year with the amount of testing and everything and, and the way they've developed the bike? Is that a similar philosophy or there, is that a completely different philosophy?
2: Yes, I think good. you. this is well brought because I tell you something more. KTM is the only brand, apart from Aprilia, which I don't know if they are in the championship or not, uh, Apila is the only brand that will be allowed to develop a new engine. That's right. So because Yamaha, imagine Yamaha (laughs) will have to continue with the engine they have. Suzuki, Honda, and Ducati. So KTM, who already have shown a big step forward this winter, can can do the last one to get there. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm making a short parenthesis that I... I destroy all the scripts that we have before starting. <laughs> Sorry for that. We love it when but you do look, that. <laughs> look, Valencia race one, there were three KTM's among the seven in top seven. Mm-hmm. In the second race, three KTM in the top six.
0: Yep.
2: You know, and being there, Oliveira, they are pushing, pushing. They are really, I'm looking forward with with Binder, with experience, with Oliveira on the side of Brad, mm-hmm. who is uh, a yeah. rival that pushes him up. Yeah. You know, it will be so interesting. KTM will be I, there are much, much expectation
1: on KTM for next year,
0: yes. I think so, I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so the last point, Mir, the rider, the final pillar.
1: Mm-hmm. You tell us, Stu, what, what's good about Mir? Oh,
0: Look, yeah. He's a, he's a metronome. Did you see those lap times, especially from from the first race in Valencia? There were within he was he was not quite as consistent as Frankie, but he was almost there were within two or three tenths every single lap for the entire race. It was absolutely incredible.
2: Well, I'm sure, and I think he said it after the race that it has been it was his long the longest race of his life, last <laughs> one. I can imagine. You can look, and he had a crash. Um. Uh, I think he has crashed before the crash in Valencia he did crash in the whole season four times right right. twice in racing Mm -hmm. and two in in another two in uh, in practice so the crash in Valencia showed clearly that he was so under pressure so nervous you know Mm -hmm. and ah, imagine I just imagine how he felt that uh, weekend
0: yeah that's crazy and, and i mean he obviously knew what he was doing on on the weekend he he started what 12th and finished seventh because well, he only finished seventh because a couple of riders crashed in front of him but but he must have been getting some really good information i didn't notice his pit board i should have taken i might go back and have a look at see if i can see his pit board throughout the race to see the kind of information the team was giving him because i think they must have had some really long hard conversations before the race saying look if such and such is here you need to be here this is where you need to be so i think he knew where he needed to finish didn't
2: he i i think so because when morbidelli went away in the front it was clear he had to finish in top 10. Yeah. then he had some help from riders crashing in the front and that and i was so scared because he was riding beho- behind behind uh, uh, the
0: that's right. he Who is party. like
2: a a mine in front of you? You know one of these <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. at
2: the end, it everything went well out, and then it was a huge party. Luckily, we we have known his uh, mother as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Mere mother Ooh. was his mum. That beautiful lady that hugged. I was Ooh. like, oh, I was. I said to Adam, I went, that's his girlfriend. He went, no, I think it's his mum. <laughs> like, yeah, she, yeah, he's gorgeous. And
2: he's a baby, he, so
0: yeah.
2: I don't know if he, it was the best of the weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> that was your favourite bit of the weekend.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> Jones' mum.
0: Yep. Yeah, that'd be right. Yeah, Jones' mum. So, so yeah, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. There we have it. So, there's, there's Mir. Um, an amazing performance, not just by him, but by the team, by the factory as well, to to deliver such an amazing product. That's why he's won the world championship this year. Is because all, all three of those pillars were rock solid all year the riders had the consistency throughout the year the team has been right behind they're a very close-knit unit and the factory has given them a bike that is simple it's fast it handles it does really really well i think that's that that probably sums it up it's a, it's a, it is a team effort really really isn't it this yeah year? yeah
2: and and, the, and the, in this case i agree with you 100 percent. i think we should give with, with the permission of of endra 33 percent to each of them the other percent
1: Lucky I'm bad at maths. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my question is, do I put a Suzuki sticker on my new Honda car?
0: Oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> that would be brilliant.
1: I've got some no, but- coming in the post. I bought like twenty stickers of all these different rides. You, know, you, uh,
2: you have to be very you have to be very practical. Put these stickers, you can take off very easy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. don't marry don't marry with
1: any brand just, just, just take off pamper. the Honda badge
0: off the front and, and just- yeah. i'm
1: getting a vr46 turtle sticker
0: nice
1: um oh, yeah there's heaps of them coming through
0: fantastic hey something i found out the other day as well i completely forgot i didn't realize that 2017 um when when tramir won the moto three world championship I was at Phillip Island, and I think that might might actually have been the first time that we met Manuel, quite possibly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, that weekend, I was there. Some of the people that were there with us was my brother and his eldest son. And I was talking to his eldest son yesterday, and he said to me, oh, you'd be really happy. I said, what's that? He said, remember in 2017 when that guy won the World Championship Moto3? And you said, look out. Within a couple of years, Aww. that guy will be MotoGP World Champion. And I was oh. like, did I say that? Because apparently you did. Own Maybe. it, Stu. <laughs> Own it. Three, <laughs> that's
1: three years. Is that pretty impressive to go from...
0: That is amazingly mm. impressive. That is to incredible. That. I mean, that's, that's Marquez territory. realistically, But I mean... In... Who's Marquez? Yeah, yeah, Marquez. Uh, yeah, who is Marquez?
2: Who is Marquez? Who is Valentino?
0: That's right, and and that was actually something else that came out this week. That was a really good comment that I again I heard from Mir on one of the uh, one of the interviews that he did. When someone said, "Oh, what do you say about the people that that are trying to take away the importance of this World Championship for you?" Saying you only won it because Marquez isn't here. I've been hearing the same sort of thing as well from from a few people around the place, and the way he responded to that was was absolutely perfect. I think he turned around and said something like, "Well, it's not as if he was kidnapped." You know, it's, it's not like it's not fair that, he's not, that they've taken him yeah. away against his will and kidnapped him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was there on the first race just like the rest of us. He was riding for the World Championship just like the rest of us. He made a mistake.
1: He didn't make it to the him. end. Yeah. The,
0: yeah, the ability to char- uh, challenge for the title. Mm-hmm. So if you want to say that this World Championship is, is not as um, important or real, then go back through history and have mm-hmm. a look whenever a favourite has crashed. Yeah. Then whoever became World Champion that year, that's not important or real as well. So yeah. I, th- I think that was a that was a
2: good comment. Yeah, yeah, look, and and I have to tell you something. This first is unfair, is uh, stupid, is you know to say that he doesn't deserve this championship has been so stressing. <laughs> you know, we have seen one mistake. You ha- every has been paid so high. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, for example, the other day they were interviewing Paul Spargano, and he was saying. I am mentally exhausted because everything, you know, all these comments that I'm going to Honda, all these races one after another, everybody asking me if I have, why I am leaving KTM now. This is one question. Today, just a few minutes ago, I just got, um, they have been told that Jorge Martin on the Moto2 Mm -hmm. has some broken ribs. Yeah, really. Yes, and he's riding with his uh, bri- uh and he's not telling anybody because when he doesn't he want hurt
1: to hurt himself. Stop,
2: you know. And you know, it has been such a stressing and tough championship mm-hmm. to say that the, he doesn't deserve it. Come on, yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, good on him. It's absolutely amazing. I think it's very well deserved. I think it's absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. championship for him. So, um. Let's look at the other side of the coin for a second, if we can, Manuel. Let's look at Yamaha and specifically Quattrararo
2: as well. Um, what what's going on at Yamaha? What what is happening there? Uh, look, uh, guys. I have been here. I don't know 25 years following MotoGP, every race, every circuit. I don't. I can't answer that question. I just can't because I don't understand what's going on. Because what? Look. The Yamahas have won seven out of thirteen races. It's more Mm -hmm. than fifty percent. Yeah, more than fifty percent. And last Sunday we have seen all the riders criticizing harsh Yamaha, but so rude, you know, so harsh. And hey, you have won seven, more than half
1: of the races. It's almost, I think there was a comment about the bikes. It was like, oh, are the, are the 2020 bikes really bad and the 2019 bikes awesome? And that's why Frankie's doing so well. Mm. Like, ha, like, I think but, we spoke about again, it Again, again, Andra,
2: I got that. Uh, Four 2020 Yamaha have won uh, races. Yeah, this true. Year. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. John Mead has, uh, has won one race. <laughs> mm. And yeah. So I don't know. I, I, For me, it's, I I can't understand this because Mm. I did another absolutely crazy article I am writing, and this is absolutely freak. You know what I did? I did a practice, no, Saturday World Championship.
0: Oh, cool. So
2: Mm. I put uh, the same points that they get for the race on the practice sessions.
1: Interesting.
2: who is the Saturday world champion. And again, the figures are amazing. It it was like building up the Chinese wall. You know, it took me (laughs) hours and hours of non-sleeping. So the number one, by far, Mm -hmm. is uh, Morbidelli or Quartararo? Well, the the first three are Morbidelli, Quartararo, and Viñales in this Saturday World Championship. The Mir
1: is number six.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: So, again... Is it mental then? Is it in their head? Is there something that switches between... I don't know, but you you can see when the Yamaha has no bikes in front of them,
2: Mm -hmm. that is in practice, they are by far the fastest. Mm-hmm. The same way, if you think how the races that Yamaha won, how was the race? If I, I don't have too much memory, but I think that it was always kind of starting in the front and escaping or starting yeah. second, overtaking and escaping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there wasn't no. a
0: whole lot of big battles going on for the, for the lead for entire races. Whenever that happens, the Yamahas just...
2: Exactly. Yes. So when they have free, they have cl- clearly a bike that is not, uh, cannot perform when it's mm. surrounded by other bikes. Hang on. I Which have means here. it's
1: the rider then, isn't it? It's the rider, not the bike. Oh, it's
2: the bike. The bike That's... is, the bike and works
0: the
2: only in a certain condition. Yep. You know, Very when
0: when, when it's, when it's exactly. in front of it.
2: When ah, they, the conditions are not the best, then they struggle. Look, mm-hmm. let me tell you, I have here the top speeds of Valencia, mm-hmm. right? The three, one, two, three, four. The four fastest rider uh, bikes were obviously the Ducatis. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay? Average speed. Average. It's not just the top speed. It's taking the five top speeds and then mm-hmm. do an average. Mm-hmm. Andrea Dormizioso. 332 Ks. The second slowest was Franco Morbidelli's. Ah, I road. repeat Ducati 332.
0: Yeah.
2: Morbidelli 320, 12 kilometers,
0: well, kilometers an hour difference. Down.
2: Yeah. And he won the race. Wow. Because he could push to his maximum the good part of the yamaha
1: yeah explain to me then the difference between how because as soon as you say that i just go oh well it's the rider they obviously don't perform as well once there's everyone around them but you're saying it's the bike can you explain it to me why
2: yeah look uh, the philosophy of yamaha is the following ducati on, no ducati and, and honda follow this the 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 philosophy that if i have the bike who is fastest i can overtake on the straights. I don't mm-hmm. need to so honest, risk. Mm-hmm. I just overtake on the straights. Okay, if-
0: <laughs> Sorry, I
2: all, just, just hang just on. interrupt I overtake on that the was straights. Jack Miller's Sorry? comment.
0: That was Jack Miller's comment. On the last lap, his plan was just to sail past the Yamaha and disappear into the distance. That's what, that, that was his whole game. Yeah,
2: uh, look, and if you can't overtake on the straight, at least you can arrive at the breaking point at the same height mm. as the other one. And then if you have a bike that is fast and stable on the brakes, that's the philosophy of Yamaha, mm. of Ducati mm-hmm. and, and Honda. Honda. Mm-hmm. What says, what says Yamaha? Yamaha says, hang on. How many straights do you have in a circuit? Maximum two, three maximum. How many corners do you have in a, in a circuit? 18, 15 yeah. corners. So we, our bike, if you have 18 chances to be fast, it's mm-hmm. In uh, theory, it easier. makes yes. sense. Yes. Yeah. But at the end, you can, the problem is that you overtake on the straights and on the breaking yeah. points and not on the corners. And the Yamaha isn't fast enough to arrive at the breaking points and be able to, to overtake. Mm -hmm. Basically, this is the whole concept, then there are a lot of details, but these two concepts are uh, the one who rules in the championship. The Yamaha concept is followed also by Suzuki, right? But Suzuki has the engine strong enough to be capable to challenge the big V4s that are very fast. So basically, this is the ABC of the story.
0: Mm. Nice, nice. And, and Quattararo, talking specifically about Quattararo, So, is it? Uh, he he was saying that he hasn't had good feeling on the bike since since France. Is that,
2: look, that, uh, is, that, that's
0: mental, surely. That, surely that's a mental issue. He's he's succumbed to the pressure.
2: Yeah, we, we if we go through the four Yamaha riders, each of them has a story. Starting with Quattararo, we just have to look at the fa- the last four races. Remember the two in Aragon. He did very bad. Mm -hmm. And since since Le Mans, Quartararo was saying that Valencia was kind of his hidden card Mm -hmm. for the last part of the season. He said he thought, yeah, he thought that because he, Valencia was one of his uh, favorite scenarios. So he always was thinking when I get in Valencia, it will be my time. So the frustration when he arrived in Valencia and saw that it didn't work like he expected mm-hmm. was what has melted the this iceberg because basically he has melted under the pressure of mental yeah. pressure.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's he like he, he had those couple of wins and he was like, yep, championships are mine. And he seemed to get really sure that it was going to happen and it seems like he got a bit ahead of himself and then couldn't handle the pressure and i don't know he just kind of went to pieces a bit
2: look i will you i tell you something that i think the the big expectations take to the big frustrations Mm, yeah if you expect something big and it doesn't happen then the frustration is as big as Mm -hmm. expectations you had and here i bring up a sentence that I have uh, read several times now, but sometimes uh, the Wayne Rainey biography.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And Wayne Rainey was a super champion in the end. Okay, mm-hmm. And he said, and I never, and this I have always in my mind, he said, look, when I won a race, I had a party on Sunday. On Monday, I started thinking. The next race will be the most difficult race of my life. And I prepare myself for that. Mm. And this is the mentality. If you think now I'm going to go there and everything will be easy. It's never easy. Day at a time.
1: You know, race at a time.
2: Yeah, and raise it, the, and be prepared for the worst. Mm-hmm. If you are prepared for the worst, you can face it if you if it comes. If you are not, if you think, "Wow, here I'm going to go there, and I'm going to be the the tough guy," and it doesn't come first, you have the frustration, and then you have to start to think how to get over it. But if you arrive there, ready, you gain a lot of time. Mm, yep, makes sense.
0: Question for you, Manuel: Does Fabio hour have a mental coach?
2: Uh well yes because I think that when he won his third race he said that after the races before he had to go to a psychologist mm. to get some support, you know. Yeah. But uh look everything has been this season so compact they had not time to even in mm. on working on them on it. You know, they they because it takes time. Look, Eugenio Lissama, re- remember Eugenio Lissama, the mm-hmm. one we did a, a podcast that never came out because we forgot to record it. We <laughs> we were so brilliant.
1: We recorded it, just disappeared into It's up there in the ether <laughs> somewhere.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I, I spoke with uh, Eugenio Lisama who is Dovizioso mm, neuropsychologist. Mm-hmm. And explain to me, look, uh, the problem of Dovi is now that he is angry with Ducati because how he has been treated, okay? Mm-hmm. And he said to me, but anger isn't a bad thing by itself. He said, it depends how you uh, ca- canalize you switch, how that, you.
1: switch that energy.
2: And you, that energy can go against you and frustrate you or help you to push up. Mm-hmm. And he said, Dobby has to learn in this moment that he should use that hate, that anger to go up. And he was not capable. Mm-hmm. This has pushed him down. Yeah, indeed. Even having a mental coach that has worked with him. But at the end, it's Dobby's brain.
0: Yeah, we're all still human indeed. Okay, moving from Cuadraro, Morbidelli. Let's, uh, let's talk a bit about Morbidelli. Like, Morbidelli a, 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 a is, I uh, think,
2: yeah. Quart- look, the, the same way Quartararo started from plus and finished in minus. Yeah. Uh, Morbidelli is the other side, right? He has mm-hmm. been growing. What he fast, I think he's a, he has a lot lot of talent. Yesterday, I yesterday night, I was talking with a coach of the VR Forty Six Academy,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and he told me that of all the students they have, or Alumni, or Bro- Morbidelli is the most talented. Aww. The thing is that he needs to be more, how do you say, stable. You know, he can't do what he did in Aragon first, then eight in Valencia, and first in the second race. So somebody who fights for a championship, his worst result has to be maximum fourth once in mm-hmm. a while. But he's. You know, his uh, line is going up.
0: Yeah, definitely. So do you, do you think we'll, we'll see him be a genuine championship contender next
1: year? Yes, 100%. He's focused. Yes. He's in there.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah,
2: and he has behind him a, st- a strong team. The, you know, the team is very yep. strong. What is missing is the number three, the bike, but they compensate it. In this case, it's clearly those two are much mm. have much more influence than number three.
0: Yep, yep, indeed, indeed. Okay, so shifting over to the, the factory Yamaha team, Vinales, Mr. Mister Mr.
2: himself. It's hot and, and Vinales, cold. Vinales, you can't say that he started positive and finished uh, uh, low, but you can't say that he started low and finished strong. So mm. it's really with Vinales, it's, Vinales is in the Vinales universe.
1: He's having you know a bit do? of a mid Moto GP crisis or something, you just, you don't know what you're going to get each week.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's He lives in his own
1: universe. You know, yeah. you don't know. And... Stu, are you we looking at the picture is... I sent of Mia's mum? I was
0: looking at it before. <laughs> I'm not going to stand up for a
1: while. Everyone needs to Google <laughs> it. I just sent a picture to the guys of Mia's mum. I do
0: believe I've got the papers.
1: <laughs> Having your own personal summer there, Stu.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Vinales has still managed to finish ahead of Morbidelli in the in the World Championship so far. You know, we, there's only four points in it. But so he, far. Yeah, so far. Um, yeah. But I suppose yeah, if we think back to the you know to to the beginning of the season as well, Morbidelli was was really off the boil, wasn't he? He had, he had a few DNFs. And,
2: and and look, uh, Stu, when when you we arrive at this point of the season and you look back. You, say, you see how, how much a mistake was, uh, how expensive was a mistake. And oh, then yes. I thought, look, uh, Morbidelli, for example, he broke an engine in Jerez, that mm-hmm. wasn't his fault. He was knocked down by, remember, Paisarko by in Austria. Oh, yeah. okay. So these were mistakes that he did, it was not his fault. Because if you look at Alex Rins, who is another contender for the championship, mm-hmm. he had also two big mistakes, but these were his faults—the crash in Austria and the crash in Le Mans. That's you know, right, yeah. so so Rins isn't the possession where he deserves because he did the mistakes, yeah. while Morbidelli was just caught. Yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. Okay. Zarco
1: took himself out this week. Yeah, did a
0: good job, didn't he? <laughs> Bad time there was no one else around him. and <laughs> and rossi the last one
2: rossi rossi, rossi. what is that ah. say he's had a great year
0: he's been flying jets with models in there and stuff and doing all sorts of things
1: i'm really i'm, I'm worried know? he's going to just slowly disappear instead of getting the big farewell that he deserves i feel like he's going to just Thank drift off bravo
2: bravo bravo look uh, the question is one year ago everyone, everybody was asking what would have, have happened, what will happen with MotoGP when Valentino retires? Yep. Wow. It'll Moto be GP over. no will one disappear. will watch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> MotoGP will disappear. Does anybody ask this today? No. If it's he all, leaves it's tomorrow. horrible. If he leaves tomorrow, would anybody notice it? I mean, racing way? No. 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 Because even, look, it's it sounds cruel, but even if Marquez would not return, we have the we show. We
0: need
1: them.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's on.
0: The next generation has shown us that the show is as good or better than it ever was.
2: Yeah. The, look, the ones who follow racing <clears throat> because of a certain person, uh, of a certain sticker, let's say. <laughs> 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 For them, it it, it may be uh, a drama. But for the ones who follow racing, because we like racing mm-hmm. and the emotion of racing, has there been a better year than this year?
1: No. I'm we nervous seen- of what's to come because like, you know, what you guys have told me previous to this, I, I reckon it will be boring as shit watching the same person win every week. That's so I don't yeah, watch F1, right?
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. And a lot of people have been saying that over the last, you know, eight years and, and, and realistically when, when Rossi was, was winning however many in a row yeah. as well, it was a case of the same person always winning. If you don't follow that person, yeah, I'm not really interested. But now
1: You want it to be a interest. competition and, and have no idea uh, what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, look, we have seen names like... Been there, arrived from from nowhere. Oliveira, yeah. Jack is growing. Yep. We have Morbidelli. We have Mir. Wow! It can't Crazy. be better like
0: that. Yeah, Ica-lacuona. We're talking about Ekelakawana. Ekelakawana.
2: Yeah. And and I tell you more. Look, and for me, seeing Rossi qualifying twelfth for heaven's sake. No, yeah. for favor. Yeah. Look, it's a shame. Look, I. You know, it, the only. Rider who retires well from the one I have seen was Casey Stoner.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Look, Lorenzo, we did see how he retired. Disaster year. Mm-hmm. You know, we have seen at the end Pedrosa also left. Disaster. Casey was the only one who left being at the top. Yep. That's why every time Casey opened his mouth, everybody wants to
1: listen what mm. he says. He went on no. his own terms, like oh, didn't, didn't
2: he? What? Mm. Look, because the other Lorenzo Casey went away, and he was like, "No, no, why do you leave? Why do you leave? You are, and is it because I want to fish? <laughs> <laughs> own <Born> fishing,
0: <laughs> you
2: know. I want, I go, I want to go fishing. So yep. that's the difference, you know. And Valentino, Valentino should have left." In 2015, after that season, the affair with uh, Mark Marcus, he would have been at the top. He would have left like a god, you know. Not now,
0: yeah, for sure.
1: Because they could be like, he never would have beaten him.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing, mm. and it really, really, it hasn't been fair to Marquez either. Realistically, for him to be hanging around all the time, too. So, indeed. So let's before we wrap up, we we've got to, got to get pretty close to wrapping up soon. But before before we do. Let's have a, look, a bit of a look at Honda. Like, at the beginning of the year, you know, the first first race, it was, it was a case of, oh, here we go again. It's going to be another Honda, Marquez dominant year. And then as soon as Mr. M. Marquez isn't on the bike, as soon as it's only Mr. A. Marquez on the bike, we saw that it's a bike that's designed for one person and one person only, and they just struggled for the entire year. But these last couple of races, there's been some shining lights, tacker especially, you know. TACA's been not just up there, but he's been consistent as well. Mm-hmm. And now Alex is, is starting to put some good performances as well. Can they take some positives out of this year for next year, Manuel?
2: Yes, I think I am absolutely convinced that in this dark Honda year, they have uh, done one or two or three steps forwards. You know, it's it it's, sounds like a contradiction, but uh, there are clear signs mm-hmm. that show it. Uh, The bike is working now with different rider and this is super positive. And uh, we will see what will mean the arrival of Paul Poles Bargaro in Honda Mm -hmm. next year. But going back to A. Marquez, it's very I. This is again one lesson, Andrea. Look, when Alex Marquez won in Aragon, again, wow. Alex Marquez, he's there. His brother has a new rival. Mm Mm. What happens since then, he has crashed on every race because mm-hmm. yep. he got overexcited, you know? And uh, it happens uh, something similar to what is happening to Nakagami. I think I explained you that when a rider, the rider needs need to go to certain phases, right? Mm-hmm. It's very different to race in the middle of the group that race for the podium.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: The racing is different. Mm. Among other things, because the level of the tops are higher than the level of the uh, ones who are in the middle of the mm-hmm. package, because yeah. they are on the top.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah.
2: when you race in this in the middle, when you get there, the margin you have to, to think is much slower, much uh, yeah, um, tighter. Mm-hmm. What happened to Nakagami? Nakagami crashed in Motorland because he was overexcited. In Valencia, one he was too conservative, and he attacked. And it was too late, and here again he said, "Now I learned the lesson," and he attacked again too early. So he needs he to understand yeah. how to race in the front. Mm-hmm. The crash he had in Valencia, it was a rookie's crash. You know yeah. what that crash? I mm-hmm. I could perfectly understand if he, he, he that he got a slap in in the head when he arrived in the box because that was a junior crash, you
1: know? Yeah, yeah.
2: But because he's still looking, he's trying to understand that the tempos, the, temp, mm-hmm. the the timing of how to race in the front. But Nakagami is strong, Honda is uh, looking good. I think it has been all in all, with all respect for Mark, a positive season for Honda.
1: And I think Alex has done amazing considering he's a rookie and he's on a on that bike straight up. I think he's doing bloody incredible.
2: He's doing much better than mm-hmm. anyone expected. Yep. And again, he's also learning. When he mm. raced in uh, Motorland and, and did that second position, second was, no, second, yeah. I think that he also said, oh, wow, now I am there. And mm-hmm. now the reality is
1: putting him back to the reality. Yeah. But it's like it's opened it up for him. He's not just sitting... As the younger brother, and you know you can't achieve this. It's opened it all up for him, so he's got a lot of growth to go. But it's not. Yeah, I don't know. Feel like he's going to do good. He
2: he really earned the respect of the of everyone. You know, he's not Mm -hmm. the brother of.
1: uh, Is that to be hard growing up in that shadow? God, that'd be shit. Mm
0: -hmm. Can we just talk about the uh, the wonderful amount of air that he got when he high sided that thing? (laughs) That was ridiculous. Like, oh, oh, I was winded just watching him hit the ground.
2: <laughs> Look, imagine crazy. these crashes in the past without the airbags. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, Did yeah. they go as fast, though? No, the yeah, no. bikes get faster, but still spit you the same. Is,
0: the
2: floor is the same hard as <laughs> Yeah, it yeah, was. Exactly. yeah, yeah, true.
0: doesn't matter oh. if you're doing a 180 or 160.
1: That, that tarmac is still tarmac indeed. So, Perfect. Um i'm excited for i'm sad because it's the last race of the year but i'm excited because i've been hanging out for this one being a track that they haven't raced on in a very long time um and i know we've spoken about this is going to be the track that's going to highlight the really talented riders from the other riders Mm
0: -hmm. there's
1: no championship on the line anymore so what's
0: is this going to be completely uh,
2: different somebody told me that uh a funny way to describe the uh, Portimao is an absurd circuit <laughs> because it's a r- fantastic roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And the enter- because on TV you don't see very much, uh, how do you say, the height? No, yeah. the, the it's just two range, dimensions.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: If you could see how the entrance on the straight is, it's downhill. So that they they, you have a lot of weight on the front, you know, mm-hmm. turning downhill. Yeah. That is for real men. That's for real men. <laughs> it's a for real men. Let's That's see how Fabio
1: guy. goes. Uh-huh. I reckon uh, I'm going, f- I think Frankie's going to just go hard to the end. I, I
2: am I am really so curious to see because I tell you, you know, this is a Ray uh, track. If a rider arrives at the end of the season with the mentality, okay, uh, end of the season, I don't want to get hurt. I don't. I want to have a nice winter. Yes, you know, true. <laughs> yeah, but it's,
0: there's still a lot to ride for, though. There's still the constructors' championship. You know, I mean, realistically, Yamaha are not Yamaha are not going to win it. Yamaha are on one eighty eight. Could be yeah, Suzuki. Is well, Suzuki and Ducati are on are on equal points.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Yeah, so realistically, cool, cool. the
0: Suzukis just need to make sure that they're in front of a Ducati all the time. So if you can have a really good performance from someone like a Jack Miller, um, and he's up there in a podium place, then whichever Suzuki's behind him, Brins or or Mia, they're going to have to make sure that they try and get past him over that finish line. It sounds
1: like it's Suzuki will be better championship. Suzuki will be better on this track. by the sounds of it though? With all the I think than so, Ducati. It's not
2: a track that you can... The track is so crazy, you know, that mm-hmm. you cannot explore the potential of the engine. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a...
1: A rat race.
2: Look, <laughs> instead of putting wings on the fairing, they should to put some big balls on another place, you know? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, indeed. Whoever wins get the big balls trophy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. all right all right comment about
0: the constructors i think it's it's really telling to to show how sharply yamaha have dropped off a cliff when you say they've won seven races more than anyone else Uh this year and they're not going to win the constructors championship that's insane that is absolutely and
2: and tell me something that ducati is fighting for that championship for heaven's sake no no come on and (laughs) i'll tell you something more if it will depend. Luckily, that Ducati has Jack, because if it uh, depended on on Dovizioso, I for, for purpose he would make um, you know Ducati not win that championship.
1: So how do they how do they win that? Because obviously, you're going to have your rider that wins a championship, which is going to have a lot of influence on that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is it does it depend on the other rider? Then it's like a combined who's done best.
0: No, the constructors' championship every weekend, each bike. from each constructor that finishes the highest gets that amount of points so it doesn't matter if you've got four or five or ten yamahas it's only the yamaha that finished highest
1: Uh. so like for example
0: you know last last week frankie won and so yamaha got 25 points for that race. exactly didn't matter that you had you know quadra and vinales and they just get just one one allocation of points
1: Okay.
0: So that's how. Oh, works. so it's not
1: the rider. Yeah, because you've got. Yeah, yeah. okay. No, yeah. It's,
0: it's just the highest finishing bike.
1: I only learnt about this Constructor championship today.
0: I was All today right. old.
2: Uh, what, uh, before leaving, let me tell you something I want to, I have to, I oh. want and I have to underline is the last lap between Jack oh. and <sighs> Frankie and uh, Franco and Morbido. I like to call him Morbido. Yeah. And Morbido. That was, look, they showed something that for me was like the best of the weekend. They showed something that two riders can fight to the death. being clean and fair fair to each other. You know, clean, clean. Like gentlemen. Clean is the world world because there was no fairing touches. There Mm. were no elbows. And it was such a, exciting. Mm. And this is a message I see it as a measure, probably nobody else does. To certain riders that installed yep. in this championship the dirty racing, you know? Mm-hmm. And this yep. started with uh, the sticker you have on your car, Endra. <laughs> mm-hmm. The one who introduced elbow racing and get out of my way racing was like. Staccato in Paco, I
0: think they call it. I think it was something. Yeah. Just- and then there's we Fanati.
2: Yeah. No, 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 but look, uh, it was Valentino with Sete Now it was Valentino yes. with Casey Stoner, and you know, and then what happened? Mark Marquez saw exactly. when he was a kid Valentino doing this, and uh-huh. Mark's mentality said, If he does it, I do it double. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep.
2: Yep. And what has happened? All these kids that are in the rookies cup in Moto three, they have seen oh, Moto the three. Big <laughs> The big man, the big champion that is Valentino doing mm-hmm. these kind of things and being glorified.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and exactly. Then, you, you know, say, and, and then then what Marquez happened? And Marquez has picked it up and yeah. Marquez has kept doing it and continued to be glorified.
2: They, they think that racing, that this is part of racing, yeah. you know, and that's why I was so really em- emotion when I saw, it. Mm-hmm. it might sound stupid, but for me it was, wow, there is another way, you know, there is the right way of racing still mm-hmm. there
1: and even yeah. for me as a as a rookie watcher um yeah it, it stood out for me just how it was a real sportsmanship respectful but oh yeah,
0: yeah the gsa stuff.
1: stuff you don't, you don't need to push the rider
2: out of <laughs> the track you don't need to block block overpassing mm-hmm. no yeah. that was so yeah. clean yeah so fantastic mm.
0: it was, That's it it was, it was beautiful to watch it, re- it really was and it, I think if it was anyone else apart from Frankie, I think Jack probably would have, uh, would, have would have won that. But Frankie last week was. Oh, Look, just, I okay.
2: tell you something. Your Aussie riders, they have one characteristic. You ride, you I mean you, no big stool, balls. You, and Andra also not. But the Aussies are, they they ride very aggressively. They ride so you know fight mm-hmm. with the bikes. They are so spectacular to watch, but they are clean. Mm-hmm. Yep. Always have been. Look. Mick was as clean. Casey has been clean. Uh, Jack is clean. It's down to the mm-hmm. philosophy how you race, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, honest, how they yeah. grow up, how they grow up in the racing, you know. It's like there that, are that other that honest. Well. Mm. Yeah, no. so we're totally clean. They're respectful, you know. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. They they want to win more than anybody else, but there is a About certain right line. Way. Mm. A certain line that cannot be crossed. Yep. That's yep. Nikki
0: Hayden was another one like that that reminds me of that.
2: Yeah, it? Nikki. Yeah. Nikki was clean. Look, there are other riders. Have you ever heard uh, somebody complaining about Vinales? No. Did anybody complain about Pedrosa? No. Did True. anybody yeah. complain about Dovizioso? No. no. There were these two guys, 93 and 46, who brought this to the racing. That's mm-hmm.
0: it. They did it themselves, indeed. Okay. Look, we're going to wrap it up there, I think. Before we do, I just very quickly want to say, I know he's not in with a very good chance, but it's only six points. Come on, Sam in Moto2. He's, uh, he's, he's injured. He's not doing very well. Um, and he, oh, he had the grittiest ride to collect two points last week. He really did. But um, but the beast, Bastianini, is looks like he's going to take the Moto2 World Championship this weekend, but I'd love to see Sam get up. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah.
2: We all do. We all mm-hmm. do, yes.
0: Yeah. Indeed, I
1: love that it's coming down to the last race. Exactly. And Moto3, I'm loving Moto3. Yes. Yep. That shit's crazy. Oh, I know.
0: Tony Imbalino,
1: <laughs> a lot bamboo. Yeah. Oh, my God. Indeed.
0: Okay. Fantastic. Go, All Sam.
2: Right. Go, Sam. We are with you.
0: Indeed. Go, Sam. Go. Do it. Or Alex. Just put Alex on the bike. <laughs> That's what we should have done last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. All right. It's been All wonderful. Right. Andra, where can they find us?
1: Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And, and YouTube, and, and on the all the podcast platforms, exactly. And in Brisbane, and in Adelaide, and in Madrid.
0: That's right. You can find us all over the place. <laughs> all of all of your, uh, your 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 favorite podcast platforms, YouTube, all of the, all of those as well. It's a vodcast. It's a podcast. Give us a like. Give us a uh, hit the notification bell so, so you make sure you get notified when new videos come out. Share the content if you like it. Send us emails. Tell us we're full of crap. Uh, Manuel, where can they hear these amazing, crazy stories from you?
2: Pesino GP, like always, like always. Andra, you, yes. you should give me access to our Facebook. Okay. Because maybe, maybe I do some live while
1: I am riding down
2: to Portimao. <sighs> okay.
1: There you go, guys. You heard
0: it there first. And when,
1: pal- it, and when are you writing your story about the numbers from one to blah, blah, blah?
2: One to 100? One yeah. Uh, when the season finishes. I think it's a, good, it's a good story for Christmas, for example. Yes. Christmas story. Let's yeah. call it Christmas story.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Brilliant. So, yeah, we will indeed. So we, we're going to get this. Um, it, it's what is it? It's Tuesday at the moment. So we're going to get this thing edited and put out there as, as quickly as possible. Because I think Manuel uh, he's going to be heading off to Portimao in the next, next couple of hours. Um, so we'll, we'll get it uploaded. So if you're listening to this and it's just come out then get yourself over to Facebook
1: and uh, you never know, you might see Manuel on his bike
2: giving you an update on Facebook Live. Or me as mum. <laughs> or me as mum. I, 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 I want to finish my year, this horrible year, in a normal way. Riding mm-hmm. to Grand Prix on
1: my bike like I used to do. So... You this ride to, safely. This is <laughs> for COVID. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. You, you ride too. safely, Manuel, and we'll catch you on the other Thank side. You. Brilliant. Ride I mean, safe, I stay mean. upright.
0: And the same to all you guys out there in podcast land stay upright, ride safe. Love the MotoGP. Go the meerkat. And Bye. Stay safe. Stay safe. Bye. <laughs>